Oh, hey, it's The Great Debates. Hey! Oh! This is one of wow. my favorite podcasts, honestly. Yeah, I, do you listen to it later? Oh, always. I never miss one. I think it's funny. Yeah, I laugh that's good. at it. Well, we're not here um, to talk about the podcast. Wait, we're oh yeah, no, no, we're here to make the podcast. Yeah. Yes. I've got a mic. Uh, <laughs> gassing off. <laughs> no. yeah. I got a micro debate because that's usually how we start. All right. uh, it helps us get right into it. Yeah, as it that's were. one of our themes. Um, I'm going with Steve Healy taking the pro. Okay. This listener top was submitted via Twitter by uh, at Joey Kramer. Um, Rivers are cooler than lakes. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Look, you're going to hear a lot today, I expect, about how great lakes are, and no one would disagree. Lakes are wonderful. But cooler? Yes, the roaring river. Motion. That's what you like. You can't ever step in the same river twice, and that's what's awesome about it. Length. That's another factor. River Lake is in one stationary spot. A river, such as the Mississippi River, to just take an example. You know what? That's too big of an example. Let's take the Charles River in Massachusetts. It winds its way through about uh, 20 to 30 miles before entering the ocean. That is cool. I mean, in different places, it's a very different river. In Cambridge, it's one thing. In the woods of Needham, it bending through the trees, canoeing, kayaking challenges. That's another thing. And then in the city, it has kind of like an urban thing going on that's a cool rich range of diversity a lake is just the lake it's it's literally just sitting there so i say rivers are cooler than lakes i mean lakes are so much cooler they afford so much more possibility you can go um there's so, there's so many more things you could do on a lake you could go fishing you can go okay uh, what's waiting, it called? i'm Water excited skiing. to hear one that you can't do on a river well, I wouldn't say that with most of these activities, you can't do them on rivers, but they're way easier to do. They're far more common on lakes than they are on rivers. So, for example, water skiing is possible on some rivers, but it's far more common and more enjoyable on most lakes. Ditto, like activities like um, canoeing or uh, fishing or... Also, like they're not, you know, lakes are far less dangerous than rivers. Rivers are often um, deceptively dangerous. They can sweep you away. There's nothing cool about that. But most importantly, lakes are like calming. They're cool in a literal sense. They like just looking at a lake is something that like relaxes one more than looking at a river for the very reason that like rivers are in motion. So there's something a little bit while rivers like can certainly can be like calm and like, but you know, like a brook is more common is more calming than a river is a river is like larger and often like its vastness and it's the speed at with it's at which it's moving, make it literally uncool. Like there's this almost like a scariness to it. Whereas lakes, the most you're going to get out of a lake is like the wind is moving the surface a little bit. So you get like small waves or something. That's beautiful. That's calming. That's cool. That's literally cool. Like to the idea of like entering a lake is so much cooler and more just sort of like chill than the idea of entering a river. You don't know what's going to happen if you enter a river. I'm scared okay. just talking about it. <laughs> I don't want to. You're going to wade into big money. Are you out of your mind? I don't want to be want... accused of bully, debate take... bullying, but I'm going to have to just 
keep kicking this you argument. Take the Charles okay. River. I'll take Lake Wobbin all day long. Dave threw out canoeing, fishing, all things, water skiing, all things you can do in a river. Maybe it's a slightly easier to go water skiing in a lake. However, in a, your, in a lake, you can't Charles go tubing River. and flow down it the way you can on the Chattahoochee River down in Georgia. Okay, Dave but also mentioned that, that rivers are more dangerous. Dave, please. Uh, Dave mentioned that rivers are more dangerous than lakes. We're sitting here in Los Angeles on July uh, 12th, and the main news story is a woman who went disappeared in our local lake, the Star of Glee. And all the, the news reports are about how dangerous this lake is. It's got tons of debris and stuff at the bottom. Would never happen in a river. A river would flow her to safety. Also, no, Dave spoke about I the mean, peaceful healing. quality healing. of sitting healing. by a lake, healing. and lakes are kind of peaceful, I agree, but what is a more peaceful vision than sitting by a flowing river? Isn't there that Bruce Springsteen song about sitting and watch the river flow? I mean, this is a classic image in, in every culture, from China to Africa to the South America to the United States, the image of sitting by the river, India, you hear this? It's a frequent a term for something peaceful and chill you can do. God, okay, wow. I got, I got hotter than ever in that debate. I mean, what happened to you? That was crazy. Medina. Oh, I'm going with heels on this one. That's fine. I mean, I, don't, I, I almost don't even want to, like, get further into it. It seemed to have really upset you. Your heart I wasn't you, in it. Come on. That was a, that was a, really a weak case for Lakes. It was at yeah. the beginning. And then I was like, I, once you told people, I, uh, once you told people that, that uh, drowning would never happen in a river. I felt like you were being dangerously irresponsible, and I decided That's to sort of true. wave the white flag. And I think you should walk those comments back because, God forbid, one of our listeners is uh, uh, on the on the shores of a of a fast flowing river and says, "You know what? Maybe I should. I wasn't going to go swimming, but I remember listening to the great debates, and Healy said that no one would ever. There's never going to be debris in a river. No one would ever drown in a river, and then they enter it, and then they die, and it's your fault. You know what? Fair point." That guy, Jeff Buckley, he drowned in a river. It can happen all the time. Rivers are quite dangerous. So I, I feel that most listeners understood that my comments were being made with some uh, uh, percentage of tongue-in-cheek. However, let me be clear that rivers can be very dangerous, and I don't want any Great Debates <laughs> listeners to be killed or swept away in river accidents. I feel awful. Who's afraid of the estate of Virginia Woolf coming after them? Not you. Oh, nice, <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, guys, we are in host chat, I think. <laughs> right? Yeah. Kind of? Yeah, kind of? Get there. if we're not there already, let's get there as quickly as possible. We're going to have right? a game in host chat, but first we have business. The Great Debate Store. Okay, we have a merch store. You can find it by going to our website, greatdebate69.com, and you'll find a link to it. We only sell two items, a white t-shirt and a uh, white mug, but I think they're both very attractive. And the bottom line here, we're shutting down the store effective September 1st. So buy, Everything buy, must buy. Go. These are going to be rare items. Your friends are going to be jealous. They're going to say, where'd you get that? You're going to say, you can't get it anymore. And they're going to lose Honestly, the savvy consumer would buy like 20 and hold them to sell on eBay. I think that's... Yeah. A- the minimum any capitalist listening to me is already putting in order after order after order trying to clog the server with orders so that others well, don't have them to resell because oh, right. the profit margin is going to be extreme. the virtual market so take our money by uh buying and then reselling our merch uh on greatdebates69.com okay now that's done ah, we can relax into host chat Woo! i have a Did little game we could play Oh, okay. I love games. 
This is a game for Dave to, it's sort of a put Dave on the spot style game. Great. And the game is called Micro Impressions. Micro Impressions. We've done presidential okay. challenges. We've done different kinds of impressions. But this Micro Impressions, what it is, is I'm going to assign Dave a very, very <laughs> specific person and situation. And he has to do the situation, the impression <laughs> of that. Uh, okay, you ready, Dave? I guess. I don't fully in, understand. In some sense, it's not really, it's more an acting game and not an impressions, but let's see okay, how it goes. Good, good. Let's, let's take it good. down. Okay. Uh, then after this, we'll play Zip Zap Zap, and then we'll get back to the regular debates. <laughs> so in the first micro-impression, you yes. are a man named Lewis. And uh-huh. you are an uncle to a family that's having a family Zoom. You yourself are childless, but uh-huh. you've been included in the family Zoom. However, your audio is not, you're not hearing uh, other people for whatever reason, but you don't know if you yourself are being heard, if they can hear you. You're trying okay. not to be too obtrusive because to you, it was kind of a blessing that you were invited to this Zoom and you're having enough fun just looking at the kids and everybody on the Zoom. So it's not that big of a deal, but you are trying to test out your microphone audio connection. Your age is about 64. I'm about 64. Correct. <laughs> and how long should this impression be? Short, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Why don't you call action? Okay, action. Micro-impression. Hey, guys. Is it, uh, Caleb. There's Caleb. Hey. Can, okay. Well, just, can you guys hear me? Wave if you can hear me, baby. Caleb? Uh, you guys look great. I said you guys look great. That's it. Good. Love that. Okay, great. Love next, okay. next micro-impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any notes? Any notes? I thought it was really good. I thought that you kind of surprised me with the um, lack of sort of fear or stress that I thought might be in that situation. But that's just a cool actor's interpretation and, and one of the wonderful things about a playwright and an actor working together. Okay, next micro-impression. So, Dave, you are a 19-year-old uh, college sophomore. Your name is Maddie. And you are with your friends Ashlyn and Helena on a street outside of a bar, and they are trying to go to karaoke as a next stop. You don't really like karaoke. You don't want to go, but you also don't want to be like a negative influence. So you're trying not to directly say, like, let's not do karaoke, but you're trying to steer the conversation away from that. But it's a bit, you're outside a bar. It's pretty loud. There's people coming and going who know some of the other people. So the conversation keeps getting interrupted, but you're trying to make an argument to your friends against going to karaoke. Okay. You want to call action? Yep. Action micro-impression. I'll go. No, I will go. I'm saying Ash. Ash, I'll go. I'm saying I thought Helena said that she would rather hang out at, at her place, which like it seems fun to me. So I was actually trying to be like nice to Helena because I thought she wanted to just I and I'll do that too. If you want to do if you want to sing like I will sing, I think that could be fun. I'm just saying, Ash, don't even I'm not it doesn't need to be a thing. I'm just saying Helena said we could go to her place. It's what, like three blocks from here. And I'll do whatever. I honestly will do whatever. Okay, that was pretty good. Medina, what'd you think? I liked it. Yeah. Healy, what's the point of this game? 
It's to play and flex our muscles and just see. <laughs> okay, one more micro impression, Dave. Are you ready? Dave? Yeah. Okay, you yeah, are. I'm in, here. I'm re- in this micro impression. You are Martin Scorsese, and you're at <laughs> dinner at Rayo's with your editor uh, Thelma Schoenmacher and Robert De Niro. Oh, and across the restaurant, okay. you th- you see a woman that you think might be Helen Mirren, but you're not sure, and your angle of sight is not that good. If it is Helen Mirren, you want to say hi, but if it's not, you don't want to cause a scene. So that's what's up. Okay, are you ready? Yep. Action. Micro-impression. Okay, Bobby, don't turn around right now, but (laughs) a bit of a weird situation. I think Helen Mirren may have just walked in. Bobby, don't turn around. She's 5 o'clock. Over your left shoulder, when you get a chance, I can't, I, someone's menu is blocking what might be Helen Mirren. So, Bobby, when you get a chance, turn around, because I should say hi if it's her. Mm. Mm. What do you know? I don't really know what he sounds like off the top of my head. That, I, you had me. In, the pauses really had me. In one really? second, you had me. I was hooked. Yeah. Wow. The nodding, too. I mean, well, viewers, like, our listeners can't see the nodding, but that felt right. Do I win something? No. Yeah, a cup. I tell you what, I'll buy, I'm going to buy you a dentist t-shirt at uh, Great Debates store, greatdebates69.com, before the September 1st deadline. And then you I can tie-dye it. Yeah, maybe I was just thinking maybe I'll tie-dye it. I'm be cool. doing a lot of tie-dying over here. That'd be cool. Put it on eBay. Healy, did wasn't there another piece of business you had for all of us? Oh well, I just uh, earlier I was gonna say, hey, look, I, I'm in a I'm a abundance mindset kind of guy. There's a lot of podcasts out there, and I don't think that that's mm. bad. I think that that's actually good for the great debates, mm. you know, in, to exist in that kind of ecosystem. So I just wanted to ask you guys: Are there other episodes of podcasts or specific podcasts you've been really enjoying during this time? That is interesting. Um, I listened to the podcast Wind of Change that I I can't give it my hardiest recommendation, but I did find it interesting. Basically, there's like a conspiracy theory that the song Wind of Change by Scorpions is was actually written by the CIA. And I've lately been sort of fascinated by the cultural Cold War, as Healy knows. So uh, it's I thought it was like just interesting enough to make it. recommended listing how does that sound i love that okay what what is the what is the bottom like what's the most damning connection between the cia and because i can't quite get there to listen to this podcast i've heard about it the the strongest link so to speak is that the scorpions manager was a former drug trafficker who seems to have there's strong evidence that points to the fact that he for a lesser sentence and for some sort of like tattling possibly did some like deep cover work for the government in return. That's the sort of best case scenario. And then there's the just sort of anecdotal evidence of like just how much this song seems to mean to people in Eastern Europe, which is to say that like, if you were this, if you were the CIA and you were going to take credit for one song, this might be the one that had the largest cultural effect around the time of the fall of the Berlin Wall and the Soviet Empire. Gotcha. Medina, any yeah. podcast eps or podcasts you've been digging? You know, no, I, I've never been a big, this is going to sound crazy, never been a big podcast guy. Mm. No, I feel you. And yet you are a big podcast guy. Well, that's maybe that's part of the 
charm of it, I guess. I That's cool. Maybe it keeps your sort of naturalness uh-huh. by not being. I'm not expressive. trying to do another podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you, Heels? What are you out there listening to? Well, you know, one I love is Desert Oracle. Really good. Ken mm. Lane's podcast from the Mojave Desert. Really fun. If you're mm-hmm. into UFOs and mystical stuff, there's a lot of stuff about that. And the guy's just got a great voice and a great style. Uh, one I really enjoyed recently was Jerry Seinfeld on Mark Marin. Dave, I'm, you had to have listened to that. I didn't yet. That's oh, interesting, though. It's great because he kind of they're kind of totally at odds about the whole premise of the Mark Marin project, whether well, comedy you know, is I, worth exploring or, or I talking see. about at all. Wait, is this a recent one or an old one? Because I did listen Very to recent. an old one where, okay, I listened to one from a long time ago where Seinfeld talked about like how he got into meditating and stuff, but I haven't listened to the newer one, so that does sound good. It's, I recommend it. Great. Okay, guys, let's debate. Wow. Okay, sure thing. So an interesting cultural um, sort of uh, side effect of the coronavirus is that there are some big cinematic releases that are happening in the home environment. And mm-hmm. one of these that has recently happened uh, is the re-release of, uh, or the release of the movie version of Hamilton. And this is a, um, as I understand it, it's a taping that occurred over a couple three shows um, when they were their hottest on Broadway in New York with all the original cast. And so um, it's, it's on the brain apparently of some listeners. And one of them submitted this top. I think we're going to have heels take the pro Mm -hmm. Uh, listener. Ben Heidinger Mm -hmm. submitted time traveling Alexander Hamilton would like Hamilton. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Ben, thanks for the lovely top. Because it's fun to think about, isn't it? Hamilton comes to life in the year 2020. And he's, I think today, for the purpose of this debate, we'll say he's watching the movie of the musical of Hamilton, not attending the show in person. And okay. does he... Sure. <laughs> Arbitrary decision, well, you're, but I'm I mean, fully behind You might it. be leaving some <laughs> argument on the table. I don't know. So, you know, be careful no, no, what fine. you okay, uh, give into at, at the beginning of the negotiation. But I okay. think Hamilton, who's... Okay, a few things were really important about Hamilton that the musical does do a great job of dragging out. And one is his desire to not miss his shot, to claim his place in the great events of the world and also his long-term legacy for the United States. So first of all, Hamilton seeing a movie on Disney plus would be delighted that the United States created some kind of corporate capitalist uh, credit system that allowed a big production like this to be made and then distributed widely. He would see this and immediately know, okay, America went down a Hamiltonian direction. We're not living on farms. We're not uh, living in big plantations as Jefferson wanted. We actually went a Hamilton way. We can tell by the complexity of this project. And then he realized he was watching a musical about himself and how cool he is. And he would be greatly enthused to hear that the name of Hamilton is one of the foremost among the names of the founding fathers. He probably, as he was bleeding to death from his bullet wound with Burr on Horatio Street, probably felt that he would be erased or made into kind of a tragic footnote to American history. And the idea that he would come back 200 years later and discover there are people singing about him and it's wildly popular would thrill him to no end. Now, also, finally... 
almost everybody likes Hamilton just as a musical. The songs are catchy. It's fun. It's got a youthful, peppy energy that's hard to deny. The movie was well shot, a well uh, put together production of a Broadway musical. So Hamilton, uh, you know, there are a few Scrooges out there who like to make a point of not liking Hamilton, but basically almost everyone that attends the show finds it fun or catchy in some way. And Hamilton would surely be among them. Dave. Yeah, um, I'm Dave King, and I'm taking the con. <clears throat> I should preface this by saying I haven't seen Hamilton either in person or on Disney+, Plus, um, so I don't know that much about it. Um, I think you're way overthinking what time-traveling Alexander Hamilton's response to <laughs> watching a rap musical <laughs> performed on TV is going to be, whether it's about him or not. The idea that he would be like, ah, yes, this represents the culmination of, of my ideas. Uh, I'm so glad to see that this country is whatever, not an agrarian society or something. Not at all. It's going to be going through his head. He will be, first of all, be scared out of his mind and offended to no end that people of color, people with dark skin are performing these parts. What is going on? I have to see myself get shot in this thing. There might be one piece of content that he would understand in this performance. And that would be that I assume he, does he get shot in it? Does, does he, does he die? Yeah. Okay, so how time-traveling Alexander Hamilton presupposes that he time-traveled from a moment in time before he died. So he's got to find <laughs> out via this crazy fucking performance on TV that he gets shot by Aaron Burr, apparently on Horatio Street, an unimportant piece of <laughs> detail that he had. I mean, he's going to be so scared, confused, and pissed off, not to mention the fact that, like... He's, I don't know, uh, the, the costumes are going to be, he, okay, so let's give him some credit that he actually could understand, that he, like, putting aside the sensory overload that he's going to feel. There's no way that if you were to see an art form that took place 200 years or, or 300 years, whatever it is, 250, after you were, like, after the time it takes place, that you wouldn't find it confounding or infuriating you would only fixate on the things that they got wrong and we know that alexander hamilton was like um you know a, a pretty pompous like full of himself dude he's gonna be that's not the coat i wore that day what are they doing or like the smallest grievances are gonna drive him crazy i don't think he's gonna understand in the least what the fuck is going on and i think that the more you explain to him the more upset he's going to be well actually like people don't really know your name and then they did this performance and it was a really big hit because they do a rap musical a rap musical well i never what is rap give me a sample of that it goes like it's like when you say the words like this and he goes like oh my god i hate that so much that's more offensive than any form of music i've ever heard in my life i never want to hear that again well the bad news is there's a whole musical about your life that they do in that form he's gonna hate every single piece of this <laughs> Okay. Really? I, I, there's a lot of things to unpack here. I really enjoyed the <laughs> argument. It was a lot of fun, but I think that my case does still stand. Furthermore, I think Dave acted like rap is like the craziest, weirdest kind of music, but rhyming, catchy songs would have been exactly what Hamilton was familiar with. They had those kinds of things in his time. They have them now. That wouldn't be that jarring. And yes, I mean, there would Healy, be some... Sorry, let's just... 
let's take this point by point because okay. my 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 parents who are only 70 years old and not time traveling from the 1770s one of the best one of the things they like the most about the disney plus performance is that they could turn the closed captioning on so that they could read the words because it was going too fast agree there's that would, no way that okay look, well good luck good luck teaching alexander hamilton to turn on the closed captioning when he's watching <laughs> i disney think plus. hamilton might have look we can concede dave that time traveling hamilton would have a little bit of trouble understanding what was happening yes but given give him a xanax talk to him for a second explain what's happening I th- he is a very sharp guy he would figure it out very quickly okay this is a projection of a play got it that's happening somewhere else okay now what the play is about my life is very cool uh it's about how great and smart and awesome i am does it capture some of my flaws yes i know i have those i'm alexander hamilton i was uh, self-aware about those even in my own life there's my friend Washington. This is awesome. Oh my God. Okay. They're singing about me. This is cool. As you bum to learn that he's killed by Burr. Yes. But I think that we can separate that from the enjoyment of the show. Absolutely. And he would think, yeah, that is great. Both uh, publicly, publicly interviewed by a TMZ time traveling. Hamilton would say, he'd definitely say something positive about the show. Cause he know that would be good for his reputation. And so he'd say something positive about it. So I, I don't even want to use that as my answer though, because I think even in beneath that Hamilton thinking about his public image himself would really enjoy that. There was a show about himself and then a layer below that, just as a human enjoying art, he would just enjoy this catchy uh, musical that uh, expresses his ideas succinctly shows his friends, wife and lovers and does an excellent job of rendering the story of his life. He would be impressed and delighted that this thing exists to carry on the legacy of Hamilton, which is all he ever cared about his whole life. So Healy, your plan for having Hamilton enjoy this piece of art rests on giving Hamilton a strange white pill before he sits in front of a magic picture machine and watches a cast largely composed of people who at the time that he was alive counted as three fifths of a person, assuming that they weren't free. That wasn't um, his idea. Okay. Okay, but it was certainly like the consensus that he and his friends came to, right? Well, I think that we can't pin that on Hamilton. That's like being like... I'm not pinning that on Hamilton okay. I'm just, I, at all. I don't really know that much about what his politics were. I'm just trying to give a sense of like simply how out of place and how like offensive and insane this world is going to seem to him. I also think just as like an egotistical guy, he's going to show up and be like, well, I'm Hamilton. What the fuck is this? Like, where's my money for this show? Like, I'm, I'm. He alive might want now. some money. I'm yeah, here. definitely. I, I yeah. like that. Well, I like that idea. Well, as a Alex lawyer as well, he like, would be thinking like, "Where's my cut?" Yeah. Well, that's not enjoying it. That's like, go, that's going to piss him off. Well, even but I think more. he would understand. He'd be like, "Okay, it's two hundred and however many years the copyrights. You know, I don't have that. I understand that. And as a man who was interested in entrepreneurialism and creating a viable economic system, of course, I." Uh, put in place, uh, largely designed the system that would allow intellectual property to be adapted later on. So I understand that I'm not going to get it paid. Given that, yeah. uh, I'm you very do. delighted that uh, I'm still being sung about. Literally, if you told, look, if you told Alexander Hamilton in, I'm going to close on this. If you told Alexander Hamilton in 1780 that in the year 2020, they're going to be singing songs about how great and cool you are, he'd be like, sweet. And that's exactly what it is to see Hamilton. So he would be delighted by it and he'd enjoy it.
while that may be true, every piece of detail, this is my closing statement, every piece of detail that you added to that would make him infinitely or exponentially more horrified, which is to say they're, well, the pro one thing you should know is that they're they've made millions of dollars off of your life story, and another thing you should know is that it's being performed in this thing called rap, and another thing you should know is that et cetera, et cetera. You, Healy, you've invented a way too reasonable version of time traveling Alexander Hamilton. That's I think the the gist of my argument. All right, Medina. Woo. Oh, well, okay, so I don't think that we could. There's no way to decide anything other than that Dave won the debate spectacularly. <laughs> wow. Oh, Healy's not happy about this. Oh. Sorry. I enjoyed the debate so much. Uh, you know, if Dave won, that's fine. We all had fun. But I am it a little fun. surprised. You think so? I, You know, I don't know. I just <laughs> I think we have to go back through the – if you listen to it again – you hit some really nice marks there. I would say it seemed like a bit of a kill shot. shot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the that literal kill shot was maybe the kill shot. Yes, that was good. <laughs> if this yeah, had been a, a, a silver bullet debate, Dan, you probably would have called it right there. Oh, I forgot exactly. about those. Those yeah. were fun. Oh, we got to do some more. Man, but th my takeaway was this is such an excellent format for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, listening so. to you guys debate. You know, what, I really, I find that because of great debates, I have a little bit of impish sympathy for Kellyanne Conway and Kaylee McEnany and the other Trump sure. people because I see in their sure. eyes that they just the worse it is yeah. for them and the harder to spin, <laughs> the more the they're car. enjoying it. I mean, the day that she came up with the phrase alternative facts, I think she had to have gone home and just sort of marveled at her own creativity. <laughs> like, it's creative. I That's what it is. We're witnessing an act of creativity. Open some nice wine like, that night. She knows it's nonsense, but she threw it out there and it sticks. It sticks. Like whether or not it's absurd. People, She'll be there you know. on TV again tomorrow. Guys, I really enjoyed this episode of The Great Debates. Yes, support us by hitting our merch store. You have until September 1 to buy yourself a beautiful t-shirt or an attractive mug. I'm going to log on right after we, uh, we finish this episode. Check it out. Um, okay, guys. Well, I hope we see you sooner rather than later out there. And everybody stay safe and wear a mask. All right, guys. Bye-bye. I may not live to see our glory. I may not live to see our glory. But I will gladly join the fight. But I will gladly join the fight. And when our children tell our story. And when, when our children tell our story. They'll tell the story of tonight. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King. And the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. Something they can never take away.